Morning, everybody. I wonder if I could invite you to sit um, for the first part of the instructions. So I'll speak a little bit first and then I'll guide us into the practice. At, that, at which point, feel free to stand again if you wish. So let's breathe together deliberately, breathing in and breathing out, seeing if you can let your flesh descend and soften a little more onto your seat, spreading, really taking your seat. wholeheartedly taking your seat and not as one person in the group reported yesterday she had seen the way that she was passing time and having seen that long enough it distressed her heart I don't want to just pass time I don't want to just live on the surface And that renewed her commitment and her intention to herself. So this morning, finding out, again, remembering, reminding yourself, what is it for you that lets you fully, wholeheartedly take your seat, your intention, what you care about the most, what your life is dedicated to, what this sitting is dedicated to. Because when we're wholehearted, even if we encounter pain, even if we encounter discomfort or things we don't yet know and mysterious things, something about that attitude of wholeheartedness can include that. And there is a kind of a satisfaction when the heart is engaged. The principle number one in the practice of wisdom is that what transforms is our relationship to experience. Yes, the experience often changes too, and it's transformed, but that is secondary. Primary is that our relationship to what is arising is the place where our freedom is found. And then the mystery of how the phenomenal world unfolds is more available to be participated in. So today we will practice as much as we're able, abiding, dwelling, taking our seat more and more fully and finding out how that happens. Sometimes in meditation, we get the idea that I have to concentrate, I have to settle my mind, I have to concentrate and then I can do my meditation. But this can get tight, it can get joyless, it can get dry. A better way I find of thinking about it is actually, I'm going to find out how concentration comes about. I'm going to apply mindfulness of body. I'm going to learn how to linger just a little bit longer at the end of the outbreath, And I'm going to see how does a gathered wholeness of abiding, how does it come about? Let me find out so that we become an active participant in both creating and discovering this extraordinary thing of how a bodily field of pleasant and unpleasant and neutral and feelings and emotions and thoughts and all kinds of numbness and absence, how this can be smoothed how it can become harmonized, steady. Here and now, a moment-to-moment participatory relationship to find out how abiding comes to be. So we become investigators. We become curious participants 
in what we're given, these raw materials of body, of feelings, sensations, attention. Let's find out. Then this can become a blessed adventure that isn't determined by whether it's pleasant or not, but by our wholehearted participation. So today, practicing the principles I outlined last night, Vitaka Vichara, so knowing as you sit, what is your chosen object, your chosen topic of attention, might be the breathing experience. So Vitaka frames that up, I'm going to make breathing primary, and I'm not going to pick up all the other things that arise deliberately. This will be my foreground. This will be the, excuse me. (coughs) (coughs) This will be what's in my frame. And yes, the mind will wander, and yes, it will go here, there, and everywhere, but we know what the agreement is, and we come back. And vichara, lingering, the felt read, the way that the body speaks to us, the breath, the end of the out-breath, the aliveness of the new breath, We learn how to read. We let it reveal itself to us as sensation. Can you linger there today? Getting a taste for the satisfaction in lingering because the heart can engage and start to go deeper. And deeper here doesn't just mean penetrating the object of breath or sensation. That's part of it. Deeper is known as a relationship deepens. Attention and body. The bright knowing capacity of mind with the whole field of sensation. That relationship can become more intimate. Can be... And when that relationship becomes more deeper, intimate like any relationship, more can be revealed. More things can start to be known. More can show itself because it w- we could say, if I poetically, it wants to show itself. It's ready to yield more of the mystery when we meet it in the right way. Respectful attentive, steady, reverently, not assuming we already have this wrapped up. I know about sensation, it's hot and cold and this and that. No, but maybe potentially a more prayerful attitude. Not knowing, but wanting to know. Practicing today, letting something be foreground and widening your attention to a wider field of body and sensation. So let's say you're attending to the experience of your backside on the cushion right now, like we practiced last night. Learning how to linger there and staying long enough to really get the read, the pulsing, the throbbing, the tingling, the vibrating, the hot, the cold, the spreading, the throbbing, the areas of numbness, the areas of absence of sensation. Linger long enough. Maybe you sense then your breath comes from a deeper place. And widen, widen your lens of attention, softening and widening and see what happens to that focus, 
that which was the bullseye at the center, what happens as you widen your attention to include more of your thighs, perhaps the pulsing in the thighs, Maybe your attention widens to the whole body, but you know what is at the center. And as you widen, what changes? What stays the same? What happens to your relationship with that sensation of the backside? Find out, get curious, because this lens of attention is something so It's a gift, and we're training this attention to be an offer, be malleable, be responsive, be even more intelligent, that it doesn't just become a one-trick show, that something arises and my attention immediately globs onto it, right? You know how that goes, don't you, with a thought? It's like something arises, a thought arises and my attention immediately, right? We'll get to thoughts and emotions. We'll thoroughly cover them in this retreat. But for now, we're practicing with a slower field. The body is a bit slower. It gives us a chance to practice coming up close, backing off, widening, softening, getting really wide to the whole body, the periphery, the sense of the upright extension, sometimes sensing the whole body like a balloon as you breathe in, you widen as you breathe out, it gets softer, less distinct, starts to fade away, gets more quiet. Can you linger? Can you stay? Can you get curious? And sometimes from this very wide angle, zoning in, coming closer, you're curious. What's there? What's there right at the end of the out-breath? Can I know it? To my initial gaze, it looks like there's nothing there. Let me find out. Let me find out. So widening. Coming closer. This lens becomes more intelligent, more usable. Today also, with uh, unpleasant, painful, unwanted experiences that arise in this body, which they do. And freedom in the end is not the absence of physical pain but we can learn how to work with physical pain and learn how to train attention skillfully with physical discomfort, right from the the acute, chronic, to just the irritating, mildly unpleasant itch, uh, whatever, you know how it goes with the body. In fact, we know more and more, don't we, as we sit, more and more clear that this is a, a multitude of, sensorial experience, some of which is unpleasant. So today, uh, when your attention feels called, sometimes the unpleasant experience arises and our attention immediately kind of globs on. Like, ah! But my attention is bonded. It bonds immediately with the pain in my knee. Not not bonding like a happy relationship, but stuck. It's like glued there. Other times our attention just disappears off. I want to push that away and think about something else. And then I make these two worlds. I make a split that 
brings no joy, brings no love. Today, can I include the discomfort? Can you include the discomfort in that wider field of attention? And at times, you don't have to go there. You know what is foreground. It might be the breathing. It might be a different topic that you've chosen, backside, hands, feet, upright extension. That's primary, that's foreground, and the discomfort is in that wider field, like in the cloth, in the wider cloth of your whole experience. You're not bound to have to go there, but neither are you bound to have to push it away. It's acknowledged, but you know where you're attending. Other times, we would do well to go there, to let the attention come closer to that burning in the knee, that aching in the shoulder, that piercing, piercing hot, laser-like ouch in the middle of the back. Letting my attention go there, not because it's compelled, because when we're compelled to do anything, then we know there's no freedom. But I'll go there. Let me find out what that's like beyond my first gaze, beyond my first look, beyond my first reaction. And we might see a couple of things. Typically, we will see initially, actually, initially, we don't want to see at all, usually. (laughs) Initially, we might find our mind just somewhere else completely, right? fantasizing about a better moment than this one. Have you ever seen your mind waiting for a better moment than this one? If you have, this is a flag. And if you can see it, then you know, oh, I'm just passing time, I'm waiting. I'm living on the surface, I'm just waiting for the bell to go, waiting for lunch, waiting for next Saturday. waiting till I go back to work, because at least that's more entertaining. The waiting mind is a flag. When you see it, it usually means something is arising here and now that is hard to bear. Can I see what's here? So I can choose to come in, zone in, rather than zone out. Come in closer. Can I meet first probably the layer of static in the mind? Might be the moaning, the complaining, or the fear. Fearful of, oh my God, I can't stand this. It's going to be 40 more minutes and I'm going to die of this. Might be you see the mind in its habitual contention with reality. No, not having it. And there's a hardening can feel a hardening in the whole fabric of, of resistance, of no, big no to reality. Acknowledging that layer, the fear, the aversion, the contention, the panic. Acknowledge, bow there, but not picking that up for now. Can you see what is this thing that you're so scared of right here and now? What is it actually if you meet it phenomenologically? What is the sensation right now, this hot? What is that? Can I let my attention come closer? Can I practice widening and softening? Not to make it go away, but because I want to learn the skill of non-reactivity. This will stand me in good stead, not just to bear this sitting, but because I'm training a muscle. I'm training a gift, a skill of coming closer, widening. What happens to the sensations that I've been so aversive to? when I widen, when I meet humbly and don't assume I already know what you are, 
and why I don't like you. Then, when your attitude changes, your relationship changes, then what is revealed? Then what will your body yield to you to read? What will this whole field of sensation be willing to show you? Are you up for this kind of relationship? And if as you hear that invitation, the mind says, no, I don't want it. Can you acknowledge that? Oh, yeah, there's the resistance. Yeah, it's okay. No, I don't want any more pain in my life. Okay. Okay, my love. But for now, not for the rest of the retreat, not for the rest of the sitting, but for this moment, this much is possible. Can I come closer to the heat, the pulsing, the aliveness? Maybe I sense the contraction and the hardening, widening, playing with attention. What can I find out, not only about what pain is here and now, but the whole quality of mind, the whole quality of attention that is really what will be, what makes or breaks our participation, our full participation in this life. So please take your seat once more and we'll, I'll guide us into a silent sitting. Feel free to stand if you wish. But stay awake. Be clear about your intention for being here. Do what you need to do to stay, to abide through all the static and contention of the mind at times. Setting up your posture in the way you know how. Upright, gentle, establishing your vertical, through your roots, through the perineum, right down into the ground, to the core of the earth and the endless space therein. And up through the perineum, through your midline, through the throat and the skull, up through the crown, right into the sky. Vertical, upright. Letting the hands be soft, taking care with the horizontal, widening through the chest, space under the armpits, jaw open and relaxed. Taking your seat. Mind bright. And if it's not bright, open the eyes, stay awake. And letting your body breathing experience 
start to be known. When you're ready, or whatever is your topic, but be clear what's in your frame. without gripping it. Some of us need to soften around the frame. Some of us need to firm up a frame. Finding out not making yourself right or wrong, finding out. This is where the adventure is. In the finding out.
And where is your mind now? And if your mind is waiting for a better moment than this one, give it up. Breathe out.
May all beings meet themselves with kindness. May all beings meet themselves with uprightness. May all beings be able to breathe out in safety. It can be interesting to notice what happens at that point where the bell rings or we realize the sitting is about to end. Not unusual that there's a sense of just, ah. Have you noticed that? It's kind of interesting because the moment after the bell rings isn't actually any different than the moment before. But something is different. And often the sense of a kind of pushing or forcing or trying or any kind of efforting we've been engaged in during the sitting kind of releases. And even if we've been staying steady with something uncomfortable, we realize, oh, in a moment I'll get relief. But the moment before we get the relief, we get the relief because we know it's coming. It's very interesting. If we met each moment as if this was the last moment, we might find something quite remarkable. As we move from the different forms that we use, sitting, walking, standing, there's a there's the underlying invitation to keep in contact with our intention to establish a clear frame of focus. And so even as we transition, and we may be relaxed, staying with the body, being in touch with what's here. As we move into the walking, staying with that process so we don't end the meditation at the bell and begin it when we arrive at the walking place. But there's a sense of a caring and careful attentiveness that carries through the process of whatever is required, whether we need to get a glass of water or visit the bathroom or find where we've left our coat because we put it on a hook and we're not quite sure which one. All of that we can stay close to allowing the body to be the primary frame of, intent, of our intentional connection. And then when we come to the place where we walk, just taking a moment to honor the intention, to practice to cultivate something wholesome, something noble here. We began with a primary encouragement towards the feet, attending to the feet and the contact with the ground, the lifting, the moving, the returning, and the direct sensory experience of this. It could be useful for, for some to begin to open that, to include the movement of your legs or the sense of your whole body moving as you walk. And again, seeing the way in which we might have a particular attention to the contact as the foot touches the ground or as it lifts from the earth. And at the same time, the sense of the whole body in motion and the visual field around us that moves or that changes as we move. And so we play a little bit. What actually helps me stay most present and connected? We explore that. How much is it useful to focus in? How much is it useful to open out? It's the same question as in the sitting. 
When we're more active, simplifying is often helpful. So in the walking or other activities, just keeping simple focus. When we're established in the walking path and we've gone back and forth a few times, maybe useful then to just pick out a particular aspect of it to really check, am I really there when I've put my foot down or do I get ready for the next step and jump over the bit in between where the body just slowly tips off balance and catches itself or whatever it might be for you. Just bringing again a sense of curiosity. Walking, such an ordinary thing, we do it every day. Unless for some reason we can't and then suddenly it becomes a remarkable thing. It's certainly a miraculous thing the first time we ever do it. It's like, wow, look what I can do. And then we kind of forget that and take it for granted until one day we can't again. But while we still can walk, to really inhabit the walking fully, there's so much potential for wisdom to ripen in that form. And I remember one of the first uh, things I encountered when I was practicing in Asia was a little book that talked about sitting and walking meditation. And it said, It's all very well for getting calm to do lots of sitting meditation, but if you want to get insight, if you want wisdom, practice walking. And I reflected on that quite a lot. And interestingly, it is often in walking that some new perception or clear seeing arises. And yet we tend to measure our experience often, our meditation, by what's happening when we're doing it. And actually, this is not the measure. We can't usefully measure it in those terms. Even going through a walking where it feels like I'm distracted, reactive, lost, confused, bored, and all of that, it's not unusual. What I notice reliably is if I do the walking, if I stay with it despite all of that, it's not always like that, but even when it is, the sitting steadies, settles, and deepens. They support each other. And in the settling and steadying of the sitting, the walking starts to open up into a multi-textured experience that offers incredible richness. And it's so beautiful outside at the moment. At least for me, I don't get to be in this kind of situation apart from when I'm here, once a year, generally. And to allow, if you notice in the walking that there's a sense of that beauty, to, you don't have to go looking for it, but allow yourself to receive it. Even if it's just the view out the window if you're walking inside. Or just the sense of the, the nobility, the beauty of people walking back and forth together. Knowing what that requires of ourselves. Seeing what an amazing thing it is that others do it too and the support we give each other in that. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.